0: Alex and Dan are here with our friend Kurt, uh, he's got a project called Ice Choir, he played drums in The Pains of Being Pure at Heart, just an all-around
1: good musical guy. The depreciation guild, underappreciated. Yeah, underappreciation underappreciated guild. should have called guilt.
2: it that. <laughs> I think it was adequately appreciated, which is not much <laughs> at all.
0: <laughs> well, be that as it may, I think we gotta begin today with a quick aside that I think Alex, like you were way ahead of me on the curve for this and maybe I'm just an idiot. Uh, We gotta give our Rivers Cuomo update for the week that uh, I never knew that Pinkerton was a reference to Madam Butterfly. I always just assumed that album title was about like the Pinkerton like strike, you know, breaker guys that got called in to, you know, fuck over workers. But apparently it's a reference to some character in Madam Butterfly who married a 15 year old Asian girl.
1: Yeah, there's a level of like a bit on the intertextual nose. reference to it that I really respect. And that probably instilled itself into my brain in the way I write music. Like the fact that he is an Italian guy writing about Japan and Puccini was an Italian guy writing about Japan without having ever been there. It's cool. I like it.
0: Yeah, and Rivers is doing the same thing with Across the Sea. Addressing it to some eighteen-year-old girl, I guess he chose eighteen instead of fifteen to be careful, but a uh, little bit uh, skeptical
1: there. A little bit sus. It's not illegal to sniff a letter. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> that should have been that song title. Wait,
2: was was that girl actually fifteen
0: in the song?
1: I think he may have made a comment in an interview that the girl who wrote that was younger than 18 and yeah, no he changed or mean, something. I don't know. Yeah, but the,
0: certainly the uh Madam Butterfly references to an underage girl. So It's got a great
1: guitar who knows, solo, you
0: know. It's true. So in more important uh news here. I guess uh you know it's funny like Dan you suggested doing an episode about coronavirus affecting the music industry on like maybe Tuesday or Wednesday.
3: Yes, I did. And I
0: feel like since you said that, it's a completely different situation already where it's like 10 times more... Actually, that's like understating. It's like 100 times more crazy now than it was then for the music industry. Yeah,
3: it doesn't seem as funny as I thought it would be. So, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like... I We had that conversation, yeah, on Wednesday and then... Um, or whatever. And then uh, I've spent the last what like two or three days just basically i don't know watching the music industry melt down like on a just on a personal level with like people that we work with and uh people wolf parade and operators work works with people we you know crew uh, everything like and then uh and then i think the other thing is that it is so much bigger than just like uh traveling events being canceled at this point <laughs> so yeah it
0: is already uh I don't know. If, I guess it really kind of manifested in the U.S. on Thursday with, like, the NBA getting postponed and all this stuff. It was like, oh, shit. All right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It kind of took that for people. To... Actually, it's the
0: same day that Live Nation called off every tour. Like, it's all kind of, like, yes. happened all at once. Stuff Score myself.
1: one for Pearl Jam. <laughs>
3: That's right. Yeah, one. you're right. <laughs> That's right. One. One. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think South by Southwest getting canceled was, was, uh, was a big thing too. I, th- I think that was like kind of a wake up call for everybody that they would cancel that. And I, th- I personally think it's good that they canceled it. And I think they should cancel every South by Southwest from here on out. <laughs> I, th- I think they should, uh, they should just stop it. They had a good run. Um, put it in death Valley. They should put it in death Valley. Yeah. They should put it That's some- in the Southwest. That's right. I think, I feel like they could continue, they should have a deal where they can continue doing South by Southwest, and they can fly the labor force out there, you know, people can have jobs, being vendors, techs, or whatever, they just need to have it somewhere that doesn't have an existing population that has, you know, like, needs to pay rent and stuff like that, because South by basically annihilated the economy, like, the rental economy in, uh in Austin made it, made it unlivable for a lot of people. And like a lot of
0: cities in America like grew in such a weird way where like now they don't have nearly enough public transportation for the size of the city. Yeah. And it's kind of too late to solve the problem. Probably.
3: I put the blame on like the, the tech part of South by like the, the week before. Yeah, totally. Like
2: Dan, when was the last time you were at South by?
3: Uh, last time was when I went with, uh, I think it was when I went with Divine Fits, so it would have been been like 2014, maybe. And I remember we played five shows in one day, (laughs) Uh, and I remember getting into like almost a physical altercation with the bass player from that band Toro y Moi.
2: Oh yeah, (laughs) I saw them at South by in 2010. Are they even Latino? Guy,
3: Uh, that guy wasn't the bass player. Sure wasn't. But uh but yeah, yeah. They uh they did not want to uh they did not want to move their equipment. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pretty Why cool Why is move. that
2: band playing South by?
3: It's, I literally
2: I, ten years after the first time they played.
3: I have no idea, man. <laughs> I don't know. Um I try any young band that asks me about South by Southwest, I try and convince them not to do it. Unless they're being invited by like the fader stage or something, there's just there's no point. I think I think there's this idea that you're gonna go play and get discovered, but like every every band that that is like a discovery at Seth by Southwest has kind of been preordained already. For sure. So if you're if you're paying, you know, two hundred, three hundred dollars for the application and like going and getting assigned like you're gonna play at Kura's uh super awesome taco stage first of nine at like two thirty PM. No one is gonna see your
1: band. Yeah. You, know? you have to pay to apply? Yes. Oh, that's horseshit.
0: Yeah, you yeah. might as well just be playing also, any I, DIY show. I anywhere. think we all
1: I also was
2: gonna say, I think we probably played one of our worst shows ever. With the pains at the fader for oh
3: yeah <laughs> oh yeah. and you, definitely
2: one of the worst shows that I've ever seen was seeing Salem Salem I, the I, fader for that I, I was there it. for that that is I, like a, a I was fucking there too, legendary it was, performance <laughs> woo I I was like walking over to that stage while they were like their first song was happening and I was like all right something's not right and then what was I this? got. Salem, do you remember that? They were like the uh quintessential witch house band of like they the, were the flag- witch house, Oh, yeah, the they late the aughts,
1: flagship. Witch is just like there. a famous yeah. performance? It's it, famously I mean, bad,
2: I, it's a famously bad performance. Actually, it some of the clips are on YouTube, and I, I, the view count for me is like in the 30s or 40s <laughs> for like all the all those sh- they're like all the clips that are them playing at Fader Fort 2010 or whatever it was. Is, yeah, they're just legendary,
3: incredibly. It's, there.
2: Uh, also, what's even better is like, I mean, they look very strung out and are barely playing their instruments and singing. Um, but like, there's this one image that I have in my mind of like the girl in the band's just sitting on the stage smoking a cigarette in front of the kick drum which says guitar center on it <laughs> and it's just like such a great South by Southwest Why they put image guitar center on the kick drum? It was like a sponsor God, it was like it's, so- like it's like Fader 4 plus like Levi's plus like a thousand other it's such a clusterfuck yeah. of just like horrible brands and like also the stage manager I remember like this dude was stressing everybody out so much like they got like the most like pro-ass guy who like had like the bonnet Bon jovi haircut yeah just like look like a roadie for bon jovi and like basically was just on side stage just stressing every band out to the max like right before they had to play and and then like and then right when you're about to play he's like doing the five
0: four three (laughs) doing the hand
2: signals and he's like and you're like what? why is this so insane And the worst sound ever. It yeah. was just like a miserable performance. Is that what made like, your show is, bad
0: there, Kurt? Or was it like...
2: Oh, I mean, yeah, we played so bad. It was like very early on in the band's career too. So like we were not like... I, we were never polished, but like we were horrible. Again. <laughs> um, and some of those like early South By shows were like... I remember 20, 2009, we played like 13 shows. Yeah. 2010, we probably played like, I don't know, it's like an insane amount too. It was just, and they were all just like a fucking clusterfuck. Yeah. Uh, and it sounded horrible. And we were bad. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm watching this performance now on Silent. Oh, dude. And there's no. a guy who looks like he's about to fall asleep. He's banging on something on a TV when, table. Dude, when with you drumsticks. hear how
2: like out of time those hits are and like what it sounds like, no effects or anything on it, it's just yeah. like the most like piddling eight oh
3: eight. It's like it's like the uh, fucking stock it's, dude, SP I'm not, SPDX samples, I think. Yeah, I, I, it's like this yeah, yeah.
2: it's the stock eight oh eight samples that are like on the SPDS. Yeah. And he's just like hitting them at, he's like hitting some like clap sound like out of time. It's so funny. <laughs> I gotta funny.
0: listen to that later. Yeah.
3: It, it rules. <laughs> uh, I, had, it's so it's I had so good. I had a fun. similar like bad experience on that Fader Fort stage. Uh, I think 2011, maybe with Handsome Furs. And like at that point, like we we had gone from sucking live like you do when you start, you know, to being, yeah. you know, pretty st- like proud of being tight live. Like, and we we got a, we got up there <laughs> and. Basically, the same experience you were talking about just got psychologically worn down by a like 50 year old guy blasted on Dude, cocaine. And I, that
2: guy, I'm sure it was the same guy. I swear it, it must have been. That guy stresses <laughs> everyone out. It's like it, it was the most miserable like pre show experience.
3: Yeah, he taught, like, he talked us out of like going a little longer on line check and starting. Uh, like he was like, "You got to start on time. You got to start out on time." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I can't hear. You know, I, I don't think. I think it was like the bass element from the Korg Electra we had routed out through a separate out." And I was like, "I need to hear the bass because I need to hear like the key that the song's fucking in." Yeah, you know? <laughs> like for the singing. And he was basically like, no time for that. And we went and i it was just, oh man, it's, it's embarrassing, you know?
2: I think I that just jogged this one memory I had of like, I think we were like about to go out and play and either that guy or somebody else got involved and was like, okay, we're going to need you to change out of those shoes to like to Peggy, the keyboard player. And what? like, you're going to have to be wearing Converse for this. <laughs> it was like,
3: I swear Jesus to god I, I cuz it was sponsored or It was That's yeah, fucking whole It was yeah there was
2: like like I said there's a million sponsors at those and the, yeah they're they're like filming it for the for the internet and obviously it's like legendarily bad
1: Oh my um, god Do they just but, have a rack of different shoe sizes like a bowling yeah. alley <laughs>
2: kind of well there's actually like a converse tent that's like off to the side and you go in there and you like get to pick out shoes like that's the one thing you leave with south you leave south by with like four pairs of shoes every year because it's like there's always sponsored by some shoe company that's That's pretty cool the funniest yeah it was the funniest thing
3: though i don't know kurt if you ever went into the um the gifting tents that they have for like middle management people like for the for the business side but no Fuck, man, the gifting tents that they have for, like, record industry people or, like, booking agents or whatever are, at least at the time when I was going, this stuff is so much better. It's, like, they're <laughs> sure. giving, giving away, like, media players, like a fucking flip camera. You know, like, I don't know if you guys remember those, like. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, flip, I do remember those. Just, like, flip, yeah, like a $300 camera, you know, shit like that. But then the artists, they're like, uh, you get Vans or you get Converse. And maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe if you're worthy, you get to go to the Levi's fitting tent and you get you get a right. pair of jeans. It's like,
0: but
2: feel free to take as much vitamin water as you want.
3: Yeah, and uh, pop chips.
0: Oh, man, I forgot about vitamin water. I wonder how that played out for 50 Cent. I think he 50 Cent declared bankruptcy after he... Uh, was a major stakeholder in vitamin water, so I guess it didn't work out that well. Oh, he had that grape flavor. That was actually kind of good. They probably lowered him from um, the better tent with all of the media to the worst tent with the the
1: shoes after that happened. With the shoes. (laughs) I'm trying to find the lineup for South By 2020. Oh, here it is. A lot of no-name artists on here. How do they fit all these people in there? No wonder there's a rent shortage or whatever. They're bringing in like five thousand. Those are, 5, the, those are only
2: the official shows too. There's, there's literally yeah, most of the festival, like eighty percent of the festival, is unlisted shows that are that you that you can only do like one official showcase when you play as an artist there, and then all the other ones have to be unofficial shows.
3: Right, but they they kind of get around that by sponsoring these unofficial showcases so they're like kind of openly tolerated like it's it's just very weird but i think
2: all the ones that you're seeing alex are are like just the ones that are listed officially on the site so there's like tons of other bands that don't even that submit and don't get accepted into the festival but then show up anyway and play these other shows because you could you know you can play as many of those as you want yeah that's kind of what i was getting
0: at earlier that like you could just be playing any diy show anywhere at some point you know
3: it's true did you, Kurt? Did you ever, did you ever get to see anyone at South by? Because my experience, my experience going was always like, I would sort of, I would sort of uh, make myself feel better by being like, well, at least I'll get to see Iggy Pop at the Mohawk. Yeah. And totally. I totally. And it never fucking happened. Like I could never get into any of the good shows. Like my wristband wouldn't, you know, they'd just be like, no, yeah. sorry, sorry, dude. Totally. <laughs>
2: that definitely happened a bunch of times, but. I do remember seeing Max Tundra twice in 2009, and those were incredible shows. Nice. Um, and I've never seen him play live since then. So that was the only time I ever got to see him. <clears throat> um, I saw Tori Moi, as we mentioned before. That was like a band I was like excited to see that year. That was like probably 20 2009 or 2010 or
3: something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And then Ono Ono was. Do you remember that Danish band? They were yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, um, they were great. They Played also, I think, at like Emo's or one of those places, whatever it was. What's the big one that's like uh, uh Stubbs? Uh, no, yeah, there's that one, but there's like the one that's like on seventh, like in red or whatever. Oh, one. what's yeah. that? What's
3: that one? Emo, there's Emo, the Mohawk, Stubbs, and uh, they do stuff at ACL venues sometimes too. Like, okay. I don't know, but I'm yeah, I'm thinking. Maybe it's not such a bad thing. South by got canceled.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about all these artists who aren't going to get their shoes. There's gonna be a shortage of uh, yeah. shoes for artists now. Yeah. They'd be going around barefoot.
3: Well, I think I, I think the worst thing that it's done for to, to artists is in, is maybe not necessarily. They, it's not that they don't get to play South by. It's that. Uh, a lot of people end up routing their tours around South by Southwest. So,
0: oh, yeah, definitely.
3: So that going down. But now those tours are all canceled anyway. So, uh, yeah. yeah, nobody's playing anywhere.
0: Yeah, we're in the age of the podcaster right now.
1: That's right. Yeah, we don't run and hide from diseases. Yeah. You, yeah. you guys are at right home, safe. We're already hiding. Yeah. <laughs> the Coachella lineup is pretty cool. They had Hatsune Miku on day one.
0: Oh, that's so weird. How high up the bill was she?
1: I don't know. It just has them alphabetically by day.
0: Uh, weird. Okay.
1: Coachella that poster 2020.
2: That festival's no stranger to holograms, though. Didn't they have, like, the Tupac hologram? Yeah, like totally. That? That's right. That's why
0: it's kind of funny of, like, Hatsune Miku doesn't really have, like, an American audience, right? But you don't need an audience if you're a hologram because it's so easy to travel, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like a couple people who bring yeah. the gear. I guess. Well, you're
3: literally made of light, so you can just you know travel from Japan to uh, yeah, instantly. Instantly, that's how they do it. They set up a giant uh, projector and they aim it at California from um, Tokyo.
1: Yeah, <laughs> can that only happen in one venue at the same time? Like, do they have to maintain yeah. the facade? Or can they have like one in every city? Oh no, every way. day.
2: I know that for a fact. Oh really? What's oh, the yeah. deal with it? Well, my fr- my friends in this band Anamanaguchi, they wrote a song which features Hatsune Miku, and they there was this okay. whole licensing process, and there's like it, there was a lot of like legal stuff around them even doing that song. But it's like it, it's like an official <laughs> Hatsune Miku release, but they kind of like co-wrote this music or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah it's it's super strict uh, and you That's have to, weird. Like, you have to like own a license for like that vocaloid or something to even you know like I guess the answer is it's the
0: most corporate possible music because yeah. there's no artist there's no one to get in the way of them doing whatever they want
2: yeah
3: exactly
0: <laughs> also i've seen
2: some live footage of that and the the productions on those are like pretty pretty intense with like the light shows and whatever. So it's like a full. It's a yeah. full, full. I mean you got to figure yeah, it has to
0: be because no one's playing anything or doing anything. Yeah. So it's like, only like a visual spectacle, you know. Yeah.
2: I think there was like a band backing it up though. Wow. Oh
0: really?
1: Yeah, I it was the so. Roots. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
2: don't remember. But I think I think there was a band playing with the hologram.
1: That's crazy.
0: See, the hologram is also virus proof
1: that's right there's a band way down on the coachella lineup called mannequin pussy that's a cool name thiagra boys that's good I oh, play- that album's oh, actually
3: yeah. sick I, I played with those guys and yeah. uh nice. yeah operators played with them in cluj in romania uh let's see back in the spring of last year summer of last year that's
2: a great name no that album is very good i think my brother sent me that recently it's sick
3: i think they're good but i also am kind of like it's kind of like fat white family with all the edges shaved off you know you can kind of tell that they listened to the first fat white family record and were like oh yeah this is what we're gonna do you know like uh it's good And it's great live, but I I was kind of like, you guys are doing a Fat White Family.
2: I don't know that band, but it reminded me of Personal and the Pizzas, if you remember those guys. Oh
3: yeah, it's just like
2: kind of like it's good songs, but it's like really funny too.
3: Yeah, yeah, you should check out Fat White Family. They're great. They're great. They're British band. Uh, They're all junkies, I think, Uh, and they put out maybe two or three really, really great records.
0: Me and Joel always like think about this bit where when you see a band that is clearly ripping off exactly one specific band. It'd be very funny to just go up to them after the show and be like, hey, man, you guys rock. Like, have you ever heard of Pavement? You really would like them if you checked them out.
1: <laughs> 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 like, just whatever they sound exactly like. They always deny that if you ask them about it. <laughs> yeah, they'll just say exactly never right, heard of so that funny. band.
3: Actually, I've never heard that band. I've never heard television before. <laughs> so yeah, okay, fun. yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah, I've never listened to The Fall before. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, so I think the the lesson so far is. Um, South by Southwest getting canceled. The only real problem is artists not getting shoes. Uh, Hatsune Miku is the future of music because the whole audience could also be holograms and then no one has to be there and you'll never have to cancel the show.
1: That's right. Carly Ray Jepsen is way down on the lineup. Below that's kind of, hot oh, that's chip. interesting. It's kind of a tragedy. I would not
0: have guessed that.
3: I feel, like, I feel like Carly Rae Jepsen is, she's like kind of huge in Canada and I
1: just assume that she's really big in the States, but I don't know why they put That
0: her. was my impression too. Like a lot of people seem to like her, but. I don't no,
1: know. I guess she just had that one song and then there was that album that was pretty good yeah. that only DSA guys listen to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. That's I not- have
2: like a bunch of friends that love that album. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, thought it was like,
1: yeah, it's pretty good, but... It's got a couple bangers on it. It's yeah, not amazing. Yeah,
2: yeah. The new one, I think people sort of slept on or didn't really have as much of a splash, at least from in my circle of like music friends.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of the ideal um, virus outbreak show. I guess if you're going to have an all hologram show, the audience needs to be one hologram from each person who would have gone to the show. And you just watch <laughs> through your own hologram.
3: Yeah, that's right. You all beam in.
0: It's like a conference call for work, but it's supposed to be
1: fun. They should do it on Second Life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: No, there's, there's yeah. definitely been shows like that.
1: One of my favorite that's... videos is an Obama 08 rally held in Second Life, and they're taking <laughs> oh, yeah. it yeah. completely seriously. God, that's so cool. Is it, Ob-
3: is it Obama or is it, uh, is it uh, fucking, not Nader, but... Uh, Who's Ron Paul? Ron Paul, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, you think it would be Ron Paul. They probably had yeah. one of those too. No, I but, saw
2: I, I saw the so screenshots funny. from that. There were like people holding like protest signs and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just saw that
3: yesterday and I was just like, this is this is insane. <laughs> what amazing. a cultural
0: dead end that there
1: was a couple years where people were like,
0: is this the future of like internet culture? It's like, hell no. Yeah.
1: That's what Ready Player One was about. It was about this future where like a year from now. Everyone is on Second Life all the time in a VR headset, and that's completely taken over society. But every time someone actually tries to put (laughs) that into effect, it just completely bombs. No one cares.
3: Holding a blocky sign and like clipping through your neighbor, you know, waving it around.
0: (laughs) That's it. Let's start. Let's be the first booking agent for all these bands with canceled tours on Second Life. (laughs)
3: That sounds really good to me. I like that idea. All right. Well, a lot. I'm glad
0: you said that because Wolf Parade's the first client.
3: Okay. So all those
0: European shows are now rescheduled. They're happening later this month in Second Life.
3: I'm signing. I'm signing. I'm signing the virtual documents right now. Yeah.
1: Signing. <laughs> They're out.
0: happening in the European part of Second Life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Second Life Euro World. There are probably a lot of Serbians on there. <laughs> I'm not basing that on anything. It just seems like there would be. Yeah, I feel like there yeah. would be a lot on yeah. there.
3: And in Second in Second Life Euro world, uh, Serbia is way bigger than all the other countries. <laughs> it's truly uh, truly the Greater Serbia. Um, I mean, I, I'm thinking now, like, I would play uh, Greater Serbia Second Life. Like, I don't really have any political problem with that. I would play uh, Second Life Kosovo, too, you know? Um, I don't know if I'd play Second Life Israel.
0: That's what I was actually just going to ask.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think if Wolf Parade were to play Second Life Israel, we would have to partner with a promoter from Second Life Gaza and do like two shows, basically.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And
3: have them co-promote it.
2: We canceled a, an Israel show once. Did you? It kind of sucks that we even booked it in, in the first place, but...
0: How did it come about? Like
2: Some promoters reached out and...
0: Did you just say yes at, right right away, or did you like deliberate beforehand and then change your mind, or...?
2: Oh well, I I did made any of the shows decisions. Okay, so but, it, just like, it just came happened, through like yeah. the, you know, business
3: booking manager agent manager and yeah, booking yeah, agent. Yeah.
2: Too. Yeah. So they would discuss that stuff and then it would be like, oh, we're playing Israel on the next tour.
3: And then did you guys shut it down internally or did you get, yeah. like okay, like before you announced it kind of thing?
2: Um, I think the promoter I these details are fuzzy, but I yeah. think the promoters were very pissed. Um and like some some shit went down on Facebook or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, like yeah, all these people like sending mean messages to the pains, being like, "It sucks that you canceled this." And you know, other people like you know sending support messages and whatever. So,
3: I remember people getting mad at me for playing Russia the first time I went there. You know, like because even back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, it there was still. uh there was a much lighter sort of Russia rusphobia going on, uh, oh yeah, for sure. But the the line on for the line for like anyone who is like a quote unquote liberal to not play Russia was that uh, Russia is uh, intolerant of the LGBT community. So we got and and the people telling you this are always are almost always like have never been to Russia or don't know any Russians but they've just, it just became a thing, you know? Uh, I think I think because of the way they were dealing with, I don't think they had Pride Parade at that point in, in Russia, especially not in Moscow, but, like, so we got a wall of criticism about playing in Moscow, and we did it anyway, and then I stayed for, like, the first time I went, I stayed for 10 days, and I was like, oh, there are more, like, gay clubs in Moscow than I've I've seen almost anywhere else.
0: Yeah, there's a huge irony there where gay marriage was still illegal here and Barack Obama didn't openly support it till like 2012. Yeah, yeah. So it's very funny in like 08 to be like, oh, they're homophobic over there. But it's like, are you sure we aren't here too? Like, should people not play in the US either? And like, yes,
3: of course there's homophobia in Russia. Yes, absolutely. But it's just like, it's not a, yeah.
0: Hmm. the average person who's going to one of your shows is on the right side of that issue. Yeah. And that's, that actually becomes like the difficult thing with Israel, like Israeli shows too, is that the kind of people who want to go to these shows are generally the most progressive people there. And like, it does suck to in a way like punish them, but at, at the same time you have to draw a line somewhere. And it's always, I think that's always a really difficult question to grapple with.
1: Yeah. They need to make an Israeli left. I know, dude, seriously. If you look at the youth approval, even in the youngest generations for the settlements, it's like scarily high. So actually we,
0: like in my uh, friend group here, we have a friend who moved to Israel like five years ago and has lived there ever since. And when he occasionally comes back here and visits, he feels the same way where he's like, he's jealous of us having like this... Emergent left movement because he's like, it just doesn't exist there. And he's like, I don't know how to like start that, you know? Like yeah. it just feels kind of hopeless of like, you know, you just go about your day because what are you gonna do? Man,
3: I'm jealous of the emergent left movement in the United States as a Canadian. Like uh Charles, like when you you and I were on stage in Chicago together introducing the DSA, um, just the reaction from the audience, like the positivity and the Oh
0: yeah, it's a hundred percent positive. Yeah. And there's that, no
3: And the energy, yeah, like the energy from, (laughs) but the energy from, from the audience, uh, for these ideas is, uh, in, in like a broader culture than just, uh, sort of a hard, like enclosed left is, yeah, I wish that I, I want that for Canada, you know?
0: I think Chicago in specific rocks because Chicago has like the best labor history of any like major U.S. city. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, at any given time, there's a certain amount of, like, like basically all the young people, like, you know, my age-ish, were lucky once everyone started getting more politically active in, like, a very specific, you know, groups like DSA and all this stuff that's started. Like, there were luckily, like, this older age of, activists who could like pass on all these things they already learned in like the sixties and seventies of like, don't try this shit. Cause it's a waste of time. Don't do this. Just do this. You know, like, right. Yeah. I think there's honestly a lot of like institutional knowledge that, um, existed only in a few places like Chicago where a lot of places people are just starting from nothing. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Arlen, uh, from Wolf Raid, talks about that a lot in, in the context of like, uh, labor organization. Cause he's in a, he's in a union. And his whole thing is that, you know, the place that we grew up is all resource extraction. Uh, Labor was super exploited up until uh, people figured out how to unionize and what structures they needed. You know, a lot of people got beat up or like disappeared while that organizing was happening. And then since neoliberal sort of economics has been applied to it, in our lifetime, like all the new guys, they, they don't have a sense of history uh, or like labor organizing history. Like they don't even know what the fuck the union is for. So it's created this like weird vacuum of history and knowledge. Like,
0: yeah. Oh, that happens all the time here too, for sure. Uh, And now we're, now we're like way in left field and a different thing of like unions really, unions really ought to encourage membership to understand the point of it and where it came from like the problem is that like no one working a job wants to fucking waste their time being like oh great you know this is how this was formal. now i have homework It feels like do. yeah yeah it feels like school or something but it really is important to keep that legacy alive to know what's the point of it so it doesn't get eroded but yeah, yeah.
1: i think you guys should storm the chicago bean like the bastille yeah. <laughs> Kick it over. I'm sick of that we thing. We probably should. That thing sucks, man. <coughs> public art like that is kind of nauseating. Well, it's meaning. It's fucking yeah, meaningless. Yeah, it's always some like. pretentious yeah, exactly. shit, which pretentious art is okay. It's fine. Yeah. Or highly conceptual art, but when it's in a public place and it's on public land and it's taxpayer funded and no one around it understands it that seems like fundamentally anti-democratic
3: absolutely i mean it's it's less democratic than like uh so like like a lot of communist statues you see like uh i don't know the uh, when we were on tour last year in ukraine in kiev there's this massive statue called uh, it's just called motherland and it's this enormous statue of a woman sort of with a sword like towering over the city. And when you, you don't need to know any of the history or anything to know what you're looking at. It just conveys its meaning from the state that it's in, you know, from what it looks like. You know what it is. And yeah, like former Soviet Union and Balkans are just covered with these these incredible statues to like partisans, labor, all this stuff. And then, you, and then in free America, you get an incomprehensible being. What does it mean, man? <laughs> yeah, actually, it's either
1: beans or um, murals of the Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. that's interesting though
0: that you bring that up because actually in Chicago, if you go to like labor union halls, yeah, um, there's all kinds of really cool murals like dedicated to strikes from the past and different labor actions. Like there actually is a lot of cool artwork that's specifically in the union halls.
3: That's rad. That's really cool. What is the what is the worst public art? So you guys think in America, like besides the bean.
0: Is there anything outside the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
3: <laughs> no, I was just thinking of that. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is pretty bad.
1: <laughs> the Basketball Hall of Fame is cool. It has a huge basketball in front. It rocks. Ooh, that's great. <laughs> Springfield. Great.
0: It tells you what you're in for.
2: I think Madison Square Garden has a big basketball thing in front of that.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Pains of Being Pure at Heart should have played Madison Square Garden.
3: I agree. You should have just booked it.
0: They should have free. Madison Square Garden should have free Mondays, yeah, where it's no. just like four local bands.
3: Totally.
2: <laughs> that's like uh, that reminds Bowery, me. Bowery Presents night. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> that
3: totally reminds me of my my partner's mother uh, trying to tell me, like when operators started that we she was like think she wanted to help with our career, so. <laughs> And we were we were living in San Jose at the time. So she was like, "Hmm, who's playing at the at the Shark Tank? Oh, Elton John is playing at the Shark Tank." And she was like, "You guys should open for Elton John.
0: <laughs> Just get in touch with his people." Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. She's like, "You know what a good idea is? You should open for a bigger band like Elton. You should open for Elton John at the Shark Tank." That's Just, so good. Yeah. Thank you, Something thank you. that
1: I've been thinking about a lot lately is going to a city to visit and asking the hotel concierge if the Rolling Stones are playing in town. <laughs> Just not <laughs> when you ask it up that, you need to have all. a
0: big map, like a big fold-out, yeah. like '90s style map in your hand. Is Bob Dylan in town? Yeah. yeah. Can you guide me to the nearest concert venue? Who's in town?
2: <laughs> I do love that, like grandparents. Way, way of like just going in and asserting yourself and thinking that you're gonna get a show that way. <laughs> That's like the, <laughs> yeah. such an interesting logic. You take the open if it and you line out
1: of the window. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you stride yeah. confidently hey, you guys need a no band here promoter. Yeah. Yeah.
0: so in my day you know uh, Bruce Springsteen was playing four nights at Madison Square Garden and that first night I walked up in there and I was like you need to let me open they said no the second <laughs> night I walked in there they said no the third night I walked in they said no but then on the fourth night they still said no but I, you know what I learned a lesson and I wouldn't be where I am yeah, today exactly. without Exactly.
3: But nobody's seeing any concerts for the foreseeable
1: future. There's some on YouTube. That's true.
0: Yeah, if you want to check out a show, you know, you're dejected about all this. Look up Salem
1: uh, from South <laughs> by Southwest. Uh, Fader
0: Fort
3: 2010 Live Salem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, I don't, I don't really know like what I'm going to do for the next foreseeable future as, as like a touring musician, because. <laughs> uh, it's like basically Wolf Parade did a really extensive tour of the United States, uh, and then canceled our canceled our European tour. Uh kind of preemptively canceled it like like Spencer and Arler and I we read, you know, we read the news a lot on tour and we all just kind of had a moment where we we're like, wait, we should not be going to Europe. Like we should not you be You were
1: ahead ju- of the curve.
3: Should not be the ju- Yeah,
1: you were way ahead of it.
0: At the time that you had told us you were considering it, I hadn't heard anyone doing it yet. And then, like, the day after you were talking about it is when I saw that, like... Green Day and all these like big name bands that just started doing it like right after you guys.
1: They should have to put that in the articles, like taking a yeah. cue from Wolf Parade, <laughs> <Yeah>. Coachella <laughs> shuts its doors. Yeah,
3: exactly. We were, we were there first.
1: BTS
0: heard Wolf Parade was canceling.
3: I, uh, I wanted to cancel cause I was just obsessively looking at news from, uh, Italy and the, Italy. It seemed like there were a handful of cases. The government didn't take it seriously. Uh, we were talking before we started recording, but the Italians insisted on holding fucking Fashion Week, which became that and a football game that they that they hosted uh, sort of made Italy into the patient zero of Europe. It uh, kind of spread out. Was that
1: why it was so concentrated in Milan? Yeah, it, it seems like it was centered around Milan, which isn't even yeah. a coastal city.
3: Yeah, it was northern Italy was like the epicenter of uh, of coronavirus cases in in Europe overwhelmingly. I mean, there were some in the UK and I think a handful of other countries, but Italy it was just it just exploded because mainly because nobody was really taking it seriously, and I I was looking at that and then and then looking at like remembering like how fast it the, the um, confirmed cases were like doubling and tripling when it started in Wuhan. And I was just like, yeah, like going to Europe seems insane because they're going to start closing borders. Airlines are going to go out of business. Uh, we have the potential to be, you know, our job is basically to like bring a bunch of people together in a small room, uh, yeah. small, poorly ventilated room, Sweat all over the place, and then just like be like, "Good night, folks," and then go to another country. So yeah, you're like, and a, then
0: instruct the audience to rub their eyes and yeah. put their hands in their mouth. <laughs>
3: yeah, I always do that. I'm always like, okay, everybody, like now, now put your put your hands right up against your eyes and rub as hard as you can. Then put your fingers yeah. in your mouth.
0: It's a shame that Wolf Parade's biggest hit is a dance craze about uh, shoving your whole hand in your mouth.
3: Yeah, it's called <laughs> it's called hand, do the hand in mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now
1: do it to your neighbor. Yeah, it's like that would be a pretty good bid. Doing a viral dance craze (laughs) specifically to get people diseased—it's literally viral, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So we, yeah, we decided that we weren't going to do it. And I mean, our management for the most part was like pretty on board with it. But the sort of the promoters, booking agents, and ticket vendors, and especially like the people that were renting us the van and equipment were harder to convince like the check company that rented us the van and uh the back line basically sent sent our management and our booking agent an email that was just boiled down to like you guys are being total pussies this isn't a problem you're just overreacting and we need you know and
0: yeah that doesn't surprise me though because the incentive is just like you know when you work in that kind of line of business I oh, and I have a I have a minor amount of sympathy for them because they're probably fucked now too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, but
3: I mean they're but they're doubly. They're fucked. are the. The because, irony is
0: that they're the cowards. You know? Yeah,
3: they're the and they're doubly fucked because they kept bands on the road even when they knew that it was like there was going to be border issues and Italy started self quarantining, you know, and they yeah, they for, kept bands out because they wanted to make money, you know, or they were pretending for, uh, like it wasn't real.
1: Sorry.
2: No for for like you know the rent the backline rental and the TM and stuff like were those refundable? Did you just like totally take a hit on that?
3: Yeah, we ate it. So basically they came back and said, you know, uh you're you're essentially going to have to pay a percentage of of that and um you know, that's that sucks. That was that. Um but on the other hand, I I do have to say like we were supporting that tour uh with a grant from the Canadian government cuz uh, Canada, you know, always sort of slush funds European and American tourists to a certain extent. And I got an email today from that grant agency saying that they were 100% filling all the tour grants that uh, oh nice that, that's that, amazing that were affected by COVID 19. So
0: yeah, that's yet another reason Canada's better than the U.S. for <laughs> arts. <laughs>
3: I mean, they have the budget, and they were going to spend it anyway. So I think the way, what their their ideology, ideological statement is that they um, they're worried about like the financial health of Canadian artists. So that's that's good. good is cool. there yeah, a right wing
1: backlash to that?
3: Oh yeah, man, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a huge movement in Canada to defund, uh, you know, state state media and 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 strip out arts funding.
1: That makes sense. Obama's hip hop barbecue created no new jobs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah all totally.
0: time classic right there. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that, that that uh you know movement is always gonna exist in any like social democracy. It's just a matter of like always fighting back against it. Yeah. And at least Canada has managed to do that somewhat. Whereas the US we have fucking nothing like that at all.
3: Yeah, what do you guys have for grant system there? It doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Especially
2: for music stuff. Yeah. I mean you could I don't know. I guess there's some.
1: You can collect cans on the side of the road mm. <laughs> exactly. and turn them in for five cents in some states. <laughs>
0: it's, yeah,
1: it's or you can donate plasma. Couple.
0: My like limited knowledge. You can strip that copper wire
1: from buildings and stuff. That's that, that sounds there's good. There's
0: like, there's arts grants for like university type of programs, which are of course just going to be like, you know, for music there's like orchestral stuff and right, then I, right right when I was in college, I worked at like a literary magazine for a couple of years.
3: Okay. Yeah, I know where um, this is going. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was yeah. mostly funded through like federal arts grants.
3: Yeah. So they and fund like, they fund like the difficult arts. Like,
0: yeah. And then even then, like, dude, fucking, I mean, this is a whole different rant. Uh, me and Branson could have this rant at length, but literary fiction is so fucking bad, dude. <laughs> I think it's, it's so siloed off you from the world that no one has any interesting life experience.
3: Charles, Charles you don't like uh, you don't like reading about the process of somebody writing about writing.
0: Yeah, the ennui of uh, yeah. not being on the tenure track as an English professor who's having a tryst with some lover he met. Uh, at his job,
1: and... I want to know what it's like to be a writer in New York City. Yeah, what's what that is it like? <laughs> uh, you get up in the morning, uh, you go to the bodega,
3: and you get your your egg sandwich, you know, and then um, and then you walk down the street and you see something crazy happen, and you dash off into like a alleyway, and maybe there's steam coming out of a manhole, and and you get your moleskin out, and you just you just start you just fucking go, man. The juice is flowing. Yeah.
0: And somewhere there's, like, a truck driver in Kentucky, like, I really want to read that experience. Yeah,
1: exactly. I want to see a new update of that Fantasia scene of the guy going through New York in the 30s or whatever. But he, like, walks <laughs> past a bodanga and... The Pizza Rat and Mikey Miles and all the horrible shit that really goes on there. Yeah,
3: totally. Every shitty fucking six-figure salaried, uh, the, like, ghoul journalist, you know, just waving from uh, coffee shops. Cupcake Martin stores. Shkreli
0: holding um, that Wu-Tang album that he bought the only copy of.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I, just thinking about books, I don't, I don't want to read anything that's new that's not genre fiction, you know, like... If it's if it's not science fiction, I kind of don't 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 want to read it. I got I th- I feel like I got burned too many times.
1: Um, I still have Thomas Pynchon books I haven't read, so I'm not getting any new ones. Those
3: are good. <laughs> I recommend those. Those are great. That's to me, it
1: varies
0: book to book.
3: What do you, what do you like for Pynchon, Charles?
0: I like the simpler things, like *Crying of Lot 49*. I was actually just whining about *Gravity's Rainbow* like a week ago because it's just like so overwrought i love it i uh, I don't think it i don't think it earns it something like like infinite jest i really liked like that's a book with like you know page long sentences that seems to have like a broader um theory about like what what the world is like and and gravity's rainbow just felt like something where i needed to reread the same sentence like five times because i was like what the fuck's going on (laughs)
3: I, I love it because I feel like it it is the best uh, 70s novel that encapsulates like that weird 70s vibe that we're experiencing now, which is that uh, nothing is true. Everything is like a refracted conspiracy. Uh, For sure. And, That's what I'm saying about like, um,
0: Crying of Lot 49 is it has the same thing, but it's more concise and yeah. like uh, a quick way of getting to that same point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It should have more pictures in it. I honestly do think that literary fiction should have more pictures in it.
0: That was that was like Kurt
1: Vonnegut's Beautiful idea. Beautiful illustrations. Oh, like actually good? Just pictures? a couple in there? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Totally. The new Jeff VanderMeer book which I just finished reading, uh, Dead Astronauts has uh, a lot of nice illustrations in it and is one of the best I think one of the best books I've read in the last 5 5 years.
1: Cool. That
3: rocks. And it's all because of the pictures.
0: <laughs> I think honestly um, the way the current like media landscape is and the way things work with the internet is that everyone should be doing shit that, like that, right? Like an album needs good artwork. Yeah. And a book needs artwork. And like, you know, even with like E1, we need cool t-shirts from people. Like every, you need a mixture of different media no matter what you're doing, I think. Like it, it draws people in, man. You
3: need to build a world around your around your art. You know, there's, there's definitely like a movement. There was a, I feel like in the mid 2000s, there was like a huge movement against that because there was still that late 90s like fugazi ethic was uh hanging on you know and and like didn't really work in that in that world in the world of the mid 2000s but it was still the ideology was still there so people would put out records with like purposely just like a terrible picture on the or or just like you, yeah. you know just this kind of like half-assed vibe and um it's i don't know i like I like putting effort into the art that you make and like building like an aesthetic around it. Like that's fun.
0: Me too. It's also just a way to like involve more people in the scene that like you're kind of responsible for just like building your own fucking scene. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I want to, our friends who are artists, I want to give them the space to create something cool and I want to have other people doing cool shit in different mediums that's all kind of interlinked and Getting back to, like, what you're saying of, you know, like, you don't know what you're doing for the next few months now because the tours are canceled. It's, like, the more people working in different mediums and doing different cool shit who have each other's back, the more solidarity can be created around this stuff that'll kind of, like, keep you active, you know? like
3: That's right. Yeah. Um,
0: like, I know, Dan, you are talking about... Uh, patreon and everything and i think it is the time for you to do that kind of thing because like it adds a different revenue stream that's dependent on the opposite things of like we're so lucky with e1 that we don't depend at all on touring revenue and that's just like the extra stuff for us whereas a band typically is the opposite where that's the main thing and the other stuff's the extra you know
3: yeah and it's i mean it's totally untenable like uh kurt like i'm sure you can speak to this because this happened like well Pains of being pure heart was active but like the sort of hollowing out of any kind of income stream beyond touring and licensing for bands is like this event is just ripping the mask off that you know like like basically if you're not touring you, yeah. you're not making an income.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean I think pains were sort of like at the very tail end of like oh hey your band could sync a song in a commercial. Yeah, right. You know and we we got lucky a couple times and this few appearances in like movies and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean that we saw that kind of success like at the beginning in like you know the the late aughts, early two thousand tens, and then you know like definitely towards the later stages of the band's life, like that well had dried up for really a, a lot of bands, especially in like that kind of mid tier sort of indie pop stuff you know like, yeah
3: yeah we i mean we Wolfred experienced that too you know definitely yeah like, i'm sure
2: yeah and it's like yeah now all you've got is touring and can't even do that
3: yeah <laughs> yeah so it's it's funny because uh a couple like on tuesday i had a conversation with uh the guy who's the sort of handles the music side of patreon and you know we connected because they wanted to help me put together a platform uh for this thing that devil and i are working on and i've you know i've been wanting to do this for a year at least now so we had this great conversation and i got off the phone and i felt more energized about just the pure creative work you know like Mm -hmm. untethered from like an album cycle or uh the sort of disappointment of creating something and then having to wait eight months for it to come out i was really I don't know, it felt great and then the next day I was just like it, <laughs> I was like oh all the touring is canceled now so it's uh it's probably a good thing for me to to have this. And also I noticed yeah, people just... people started people started saying hey we're not touring so please please like you know subscribe to our Patreon. So I feel like in a way it's kind of bad too cuz I'm going to come out with this Patreon thing and people are going to be like
0: yeah the same time that everyone else is. <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> The timing is both uh, wonderful and terrible. So
0: um, I feel like getting back to the main theme of, uh, you know, having a pandemic cancel a lot of tours on even a normal tour, there's plenty of just weird health-related shit that goes on. Uh, Dan, I know you were just sending us pictures a while back from the last tour of just like, Moldy coffee grounds in the yeah. green room. Just the most bleak, damp rooms, uh, like showers <laughs> with just all kinds of weird shit going on. Yeah.
3: Geological um, layers of mold and felt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's
0: like touring has never been the healthiest thing there is.
3: No. And I mean, we're talking, I'm talking specifically about North American touring cause European touring, uh, UK totally accepted cause that place is a fucking shithole for touring. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah a, a north american touring has a specific type of crappiness to it um, or the spaces that you end up in a lot of the times are have a specific kind of crappiness so this is uh, we should do like a eulogy for touring like like at the academy awards when they when somebody famous dies you no know, like a look,
0: <laughs> like a slideshow yeah, yeah, like of a all slides, these images yeah.
3: a slideshow for touring yeah what oh, we I mean current, well
2: that just actually reminded me like a, the eulogy aspect of it. Like you could definitely put a few of the, the people that died at one of the festivals that we played. Like there was like a tent collapse. What?
1: Really? I'm yeah.
2: Sure. This was uh this was like in uh Belgium actually. We played this festival called Puckle Pop or something, like in oh, twenty eleven. Yeah, I yeah,
3: I know about <laughs> and this. And
2: we Yeah, yeah, we had like just gone we had just gone to the festival grounds and like it was in this like big kind of circus tent sort of thing and um we did sound check and then we were like i remember we were watching destroyer i was like oh this sounds awesome really looking forward to the show and it was kind of like a nice day and then we left to go to the hotel and it just got like this this guy just opened up it was like this crazy like just black sky oh. and um yeah, we were like at the at the hotel and like it, it's just like crazy like downpour and just wind and then all of a sudden we start seeing these um police cars just like screaming down the street heading back towards the festival ground we're like that's not good. We're in the lobby of the hotel and we turn on the news and they're like broadcasting that there was this tent collapse and it was the tent that we were going to be in. Oh. Um, oh, jeez. Like, wow. Yeah, at the time at the time I think Smith Westerns were on stage and the one of like so the whole tent collapsed and i think 3 or 4 people were killed Jesus. and then like uh the speaker that was propped up i guess by where the drum riser was collapsed and landed like right next to the drummer so that would have been me in like 2 hours yeah. from.
3: holy
1: shit yeah
0: yeah that's crazy that's pretty awful. insane
1: yeah are there consequences for things in belgium um, I don't know what the legal ramifications of that were,
2: but, uh, it was, it was in, in the news and it was like a weird, tragic thing. Brutal.
0: The Belgian court system said it should have been Kurt who was playing drums when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I agree. No, but the, the drummer was fine. I think he like maybe. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's insane. If that's going to happen, it should happen when Hatsune Miku is on. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. It all comes Tupac back to hologram the hologram crushed to death. Actually, I by think by falling speaker.
0: That's how you should make a hologram show way more interesting is by like <laughs> knocking over speakers on the hologram so everyone has that moment in the crowd where they're like <gasps> and yeah. then they remember it's a hologram yeah. and they're like, "Oh, that's cool. That's funny."
2: If Miku's hologram array was crushed, do you think she would make it into the eulogy? Yeah. Definitely.
1: <laughs> she better. RIP. RIP this projector.
0: I think also at these projector shows, they should just be treating them like Boston Dynamics robots, and just have some guy with a stick just hitting them and pushing them. <laughs> like Tupac is doing, like hit them up or something. And there's just like a, some little guy with a stick just pushing them over and is during his verse.
1: I'm imagining the extension of that reality where Trump does the thing where he gets mad at the Oscars for giving Best Picture to a South Korean movie, but he's getting mad at the Oscars for doing a eulogy for uh, an anime character. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever happened to Charlton Heston in the good old days? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to think, um, Kurt, do you have any good stories of just other like- Tour misery? Hygienic. Yeah. Tour misery in general. Yeah. No,
2: I think we were, like, that band was pretty hygienic. I think the the van just smelled bad for... But what about the, I mean, like, uh,
0: the places you stayed rather than the people, you know? Yeah,
3: material conditions kind of...
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, in the U.S., we would stay in a Motel 6 pretty much every single night. Would I you? think without exception, almost. Yeah, Kip Kip had, a, like, a, a thing about, like, no, we got to get the Motel 6.
3: Oh, man. Because it was, like,
2: <laughs> cheap, but it was like unnecessarily miserable for everyone for like how much we were making, but he's like, Oh no, it'll save some money. And this was like before Airbnb, which I'm sure bands do that now. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: would you um, get separate room? Like, would you guys bunk up or was it? Oh my God. No, a, a, no.
2: It was the entire band in one room. I slept yeah. next to Kristoff. Uh, I, I actually had this like very sad realization that in like tw- 2010, 2009, I slept, more nights in a bed with Kristoff. And that was just like the default <laughs> sleeping arrangement. We would just sleep in the same bed than I yeah. did with my girlfriend.
3: Yeah, um, I last year I think, or was it last year or the year before I calculated exactly the same thing, but I was like, I have uh, fallen asleep uh, next to Arlen Thompson more than, uh, more than my partner, you know? Like yeah, there's been there's been more nights where I've said good night to Arl last you know <laughs> good night buddy and Chris Christoph
2: would spoon me like all the time. <laughs> I just like wake up and his like arm would
1: be around me. Like, God, we have you got to uh, catch some Z's with your dudes, man. Yeah, Wil- that's true.
3: Wolf had this uh, uh, sort of tour manager slash merch guy slash spiritual advisor. Like he wasn't really good at two of those things, but he was good at being a spiritual advisor. Uh his name is Todd. <laughs> Todd Graham. And uh he we would spoon uh occasionally because he's he's a nice uh nice big guy to spoon with, you know? But Todd would never clip his toenails and he he would kind of shuffle his feet like a dog while, while he was sleeping. And he would always <laughs> like he I'd always end up getting cut by his fucking toenails.
1: <laughs> oh, that's
0: awful. Yeah. This is another thing that coronavirus is doing to bands. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You can't just cuddle up with your boys anymore. Yeah, that's right. You're afraid of getting coronavirus.
3: I totally do not miss the days of everybody crashing in the same hotel room and sneak, like having to sneak in. Like how many guests? Oh yeah. It's we like, did that a couple Yeah, times uh sure. two guests and then you've got to figure out how to get everybody into the hotel room and yeah, you know, not cool.
2: In Europe, at least they'll like put you up at Sometimes at the venue they have like lodging there.
3: Yeah, or, or they'll just pay for or a or like hotel. a
2: yeah, right. You get like some really weird like small like uh almost like a hostel type hotel.
3: Yeah. Except for the UK, which never pays for anything. So. Yeah,
2: that's true. Well, yeah, well. I mean, and at least in our experience at the time like the US, you never it was like everything. You you're you wouldn't get anything on the rider. <laughs> you get <laughs> yeah. like Yeah, we were talking about that this you just get the one sweaty thing of hummus yeah. with like some stale actually when
0: we um when the e1 show at the bell house flooded uh when we were like rescheduling that and emailing with them and shit they were really like apologetic of like oh we'll have like either like food for you or something like we'll kind of like make it up to you and you know like negotiated the percentage of door that we'll get and stuff and then like uh when we did the rescheduled show they just had a cooler with like 30 extra beers in it and that was it
3: yes (laughs) hey that's fine. Yeah,
2: Yeah.
0: actually, I think Andrew put a bunch of the beers in his backpack when we left. So, you know, we got a little extra money out of that. Plus the the
2: can refund. You don't even factor that. I think it was like Budweiser
0: Tall Boys, which is not something you see that often.
1: Uh, If it's free, all right.
3: Yeah, there's something really depressing about walking into a green room that like hasn't been cleaned. And the previous band's rider, like the previous night's rider, like half-eaten rider, is still in the fridge. And (laughs) there's (laughs) like...
1: Why would they put it in the fridge? for the next band to eat. Yeah, just gross, gross <laughs> shit. Oh, I love that leaving leftovers for a stranger that you've never met and that you're never going <laughs> to meet. Who solidarity comes after yeah. you leave. Yeah, you want half a kombucha? I do that in hotel rooms. Yeah. Or
0: restaurants. Just I don't think they should bust the food at a restaurant. When you sit down, that's your appetizer whatever they left for you. Yeah, it's
3: it's <laughs> like and you really hope that you sit at the table where the people weren't all that hungry cuz then uh And you get, you get some treats, you know,
1: (laughs) you just have one guy come in in the morning and get the endless pasta bowl. And then (laughs) you have a succession of people come in throughout the day, eating leftovers from that same bowl and they have to fill it or else they get shut down by the health department.
0: Hmm. I feel like we ended up kind of all over the place, but, uh, you know what? Dan since you can't travel, we had to uh, travel in our minds <laughs> to many different subjects of conversation.
3: That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah it's kind of like, uh, it's this episode is kind of like gravity's rainbow in a way. The meaning yeah. uh, is telegra- the, the meaning is telegraphed from the whole not from the individual bits.
0: Well, I'm going to cut this episode down to a crying of Lot 49, where it's going
1: to be about 10 minutes and
3: (laughs) convey
0: the same
1: thing. Man, you're such a fucking pussy. Why are you reading a book called Crying a Lot? Yeah.
3: (laughs) Crying a Lot, chapter 49.
1: (laughs) This is my memoir, Crying a Lot, 49. (laughs)
3: 49. Can't wait to read Crying a Lot 50, you know?
1: (laughs) It's even sadder this time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: Kurt, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank Thank you. you.